Hey everybody, welcome back to 9-4 Radio. I'm Sarah, I'm your host, and I'm the founder of 9-4 Coaching. Dr. Theresa Andrews joins me today. She specializes in naturopathic medicine and has offices in Fargo and Grand Forks. Her purpose as a doctor is to teach, guide, and empower others with knowledge, strategies, and skills they need for healing through natural medicine. This is the first of what we hope to be many episodes exploring how to get back to the roots of medicine and healing. Enjoy the listen. <laughs> uh, so, Theresa, thanks for, for joining us on 94 Radio uh, for Rising Tide. Um, you are fascinating. You are practicing um, an alternative style. And I hate to use the word alternative, especially up in the Midwest, because we always think alternative is like bad. Uh, but an unconventional, um, outside-the-box form of medicine. And medicine is generally very conventional. And, uh, and you're, you're really breaking the mold. And I want to... More people need to know about what you do. And I am stoked to start to develop this like professional relationship with you just with my practice. And I wanted to really uh, start building an audience because I... like my clients need to know that you exist. My audience needs to know that you exist. I'm happy to know that you exist. And, um, I, I, I want to, I want to help rise the tide for what you do. So, uh, I know that you practice naturopathic medicine and we do nature visits. So if you could just like, give me a, a quick rundown or give our audience a quick rundown of, of your history, not, not a, like a formal bio or whatever, if we're just having a conversation, but um, what's relevant and what's interesting uh, about your practice that, um, that you wanna talk about, we can unpack more throughout this episode. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much, Sarah, for having me on and that great introduction. Um, so yeah, just like you said, I, I practice naturopathic medicine. Um, so I've been in the field for about five years now. Um, and I've practiced a lot of different ways throughout that five years. And I'm just starting now to what I feel like to get to my potential or the part that really gets me passionate about naturopathic medicine. So in the, the last year, I've really shifted my practice towards some of those more root cause type naturopathic medicine at its core in terms of how our ancestors used to practice naturopathic medicine. Most people aren't aware of the, the, deep, the deep history of naturopathic medicine. Um, so it's been around for, you know, hundreds of years. Um, you know, in America, it really got squashed down. Um, you know, in the early 1900s, they closed down a lot of the naturopathic medical schools. And what we consider to be modern medicine in terms of MDs, that was really funded towards large political parties to only allow one type of medicine in the US. Over the course of that, you know, eventually those associations, those people gained more power in terms of chiropractors, naturopathic doctors, osteopathic doctors. So right now of where it stands in the U.S., there are, you know, six major naturopathic medical schools. So I went to one in Seattle, Washington, um, so Bastyr University, which is one of the largest um, medical, naturopathic medical schools in the nation. Um, and so when I was there, I, I really found my sense and purpose in some of my naturopathic theory and practice classes. So our teachers would take us out 
um, into the state park. So the campus of Bastyr University is actually in St. Edward's State Park. Um, so it's surrounded by trees, it's on a lake. And so our teachers, instead of, you know, kind of what we con consider to be a conventional classroom of terms of sitting in a seat, front of your laptop, staring at a screen, listening to a professor ramble on about whatever, you know, information it is for the day, they'd actually take us outside um, because that's part of naturopathic medicine. We'd walk through the woods. I had one kind of profound memory of one of my teachers. We did the owl eyes meditation. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, um, but I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So you go into the woods. So very similar to what you do with your forest bathing practice and you move very slowly. Um, and eventually you find a spot where you stand still and you just stare at your surroundings, trying to almost open your eyes to see everything, right? So you want to see all the details in those leaves. You want to hear all the sounds. You want to smell all the smells. And you want to think about as if you're an owl just sitting still in the forest, just taking in everything. And to me, that was very powerful and inspiring of wanting to practice like my teacher. Um, so taking my patients out into the woods and allowing them to experience their environment, because there is a huge disconnect for how we used to live to our current society. So now we spend all of our time inside. You know, you're lucky if you get 30 minutes a day outside, which always blows my mind that, you know, if you were in a prison, you would get one hour a day outside. And most Americans don't even get one hour outside a day, which when I realized that was just like bomb in my head of like, this is sad. Like, and especially here in North Dakota, where we only have three months, maybe of really good weather, and we don't even get to enjoy that. So as I'm kind of evolving, I started offering these nature visits of giving my patients an opportunity to, if they have to get off work, that they might as well be outside and do that errand that they need to run. And it has been really nourishing to my own soul and hopefully nourishing to my patient's souls and the fact that we can sit on the ground or sit on a picnic table or walk slowly down a path that we've been meeting at Buffalo River and just enjoying the the breeze and the rustling of the leaves and all the new smells of, of spring. You know, there's a lot of research and I'm, I'm, I know you're aware and I hope your listeners are aware of, you know, there, there is a therapeutic effect. There is a medicine of being outside of, you know, lowering your blood pressure, it lifting, improving your mood, but there's also an immune system shift that happens. So when our body experiences changes in temperature you know, from cold to warm, that sunshine, that slight breeze that might give you goosebumps and you might get a little bit hot and take off a layer and then get cold again. That's stimulating your white blood cell count. That's giving your immune system a little bit more balance, getting better blood flow to organs, eliminating those waste products as that blood goes back into that deeper circulation when you get cold. And, you know, if you're exercising and moving your body, you know, you're getting, you know, that good circulation, the fingers and toes and brain, which gives you that euphoric feeling of 
you know, high on life, right? Yeah, uh, it's, I have a couple questions. So if I'm like diving into, uh, if, I'm, if I'm interrupting you, then I apologize and we can um, go back. But I, from hearing you talk about like conventional or modern medicine versus naturopathic um, and what you, like what you do. So I, it, it's, it feels like buckets or, or like there are certain things that you just can't do because it's, it, it feels like it's outside your scope of practice, you know? So I, especially even having my movement practice, right. Um, part of what I do is does creep over into what I would consider like unconventional mental health. And I've done informal research. I don't have anybody telling me that I I can practice clinical mental health, but I also understand that like there are things like going into the woods that have therapeutic effects, but medicine doesn't own them. You know, uh, like they're like mental health doesn't own the outdoors. <clears throat> and so I'm wondering, it was that ever part of your, was that ever part of your, um, your formal education of, Hey, these things are really outside of your scope of practice because I'm setting up my, just my movement practice and, and being a, and being a coach, I'm very, I'm very aware of staying in, in my lane as a non, non-practitioner, non, like non-clinical, um, non-clinical practitioner, I guess, or non-clinical coach and, and really staying in that lane. And I, I also want to deliver, um, I don't know, like I also want to deliver tactics that I heard on a podcast, right? So like someone, some non-doctor told me about them and I did my own research and I want to introduce them to people. It, did you have any formal education on like what you can and like what is inside what's outside of your scope and how would you um i guess how, how do you, what, what is your professional practice and theory when it goes around uh different tactics and and um techniques yeah let me if i if i don't answer your question kind of directly you know keep asking me more questions but i'll i'll kind of give you and kind of your listeners a little bit more education around what naturopathic medicine is yeah. Um, so I, you know, personally, and most of my colleagues, you know, you get a four-year degree in pre-med and then you go on to medical school. So naturopathic medical school is a four-year program. It's, you know, the first two years is all those, you know, basic sciences like biochem, anatomy, physiology, um, you know, gross anatomy, dissection lab, um, and, you know, all those things that you, you think about in terms of becoming a doctor. And then those next two years are all the ologies. So like cardiology, dermatology, gastroenterology, um, you know, psychology. And so we have so many tools in our toolkit as naturopathic doctors. Um, and so it, it's a hard thing to define just like what you're saying in terms of going outside of your lane, because we learn so many different tools. So we learn, you know, tools from Ayurvedic medicine, tools from Chinese medicine, exercise science, nutrition, counseling, pharmaceutical medications, IV nutrients, um, herbalism, you know, glandulars, food concentrates. 
and homeopathy. So when, when we see a patient, you know, it's, I think it's almost overwhelming for our colleagues on, well, what's the best tool for this person in front of me? And, and eventually, you know, you go to one naturopath and you see another one, you might get very different tools um, or a different perspective or a different scope on, on how to help you. Um, and so staying in our, our lanes is, is a very wide lane. So I think we have a lot of, a lot of room to kind of swerve around and try different things and experiment. And, and, and that can really benefit patients who've been through the conventional system and there's only one tool or one way, right? And so that with naturopathic medicine, it opens up almost like a freeway that there, you know, there are different directions that you can go different, you know, if you're, you know, that pharmaceutical medication didn't work for you or that surgery didn't work for you. Well, you know, nutrition might work for you or homeopathy might work for you, or, you know, even maybe gentle manipulation of craniosacral or visceral manipulation where, you know, it's not an aggressive trying to get your body to get into the right position or alignment. It's, it's working with where your body wants to go in and adjust it naturally. That's, uh, that, that actually leads me to my, to my second question that, and that did like, that did really give me a good idea. Um, so that did answer my question. I appreciate it. All right. Awesome. Okay. Oftentimes with conventional medicine and, and even like, even my, my position as a movement coach, um, and looked at like personal training versus movement coaching, whatever tool you want to use, um, or whatever name you want to use, there's this idea that people have that you're a professional, you already know what's wrong with me. You just give me the quick fix. And, and I, and I think it's even with, um, with with probably with clinical health, um, uh, like mental health, it's people that don't, don't want to take the time or, or, or just don't, don't believe, like, don't trust that, that they have the tools to figure it out themselves and, or, or have been told that there's this outside authority that knows better, right? Like if you're a kid, your parents know better. If you're, you know, a kid, your teachers know better, you know, people just outside of you have that authority. And I, I think with both of our practices, it's, it's a lot of discovery. It, it, it like my intake with my uh, potential new clients is fairly lengthy and it's probably a lot more questions and a lot deeper questions than most personal trainers would ever, would ever ask or, or want to know. Um, and I am scheduled for, for a visit with you and, and you do, you have a very comprehensive intake form and it's, that is a, that's something that I can imagine maybe off-putting to some or, or just like something different because we're so used to this cold transactional, the, the MDs in modern medicine, they have one specialty, they have like one idea of what's going on and let's like, it's gotta be one of these five fixes. And if it's not, then it's like, well, it's probably, you know, it's probably something else where it feels like you, you want to have an organic relationship. So like, I think of planting something, right. You can plant a tomato plant and it's going to take as long as it takes to get the results, which is tomatoes. Um, 
same thing with with someone comes to you with some sort of conditioner or symptom or ailment and finding the the root cause of it figuring out like figuring out literally where they are and what's the lowest hanging fruit and what like we could do one of two things but they're more open or this habit change or this technique is going to be more appealing. So let's try that first, right? And if that doesn't work, then we always have another, another way. Um, it, in my mind, it, it, it is, it's, it's, it's a little bit slower and it, and it is more organic and the person is their own, the person ends up being their own healer and just have the tools to offer suggestions and, and help them help themselves but it's it's super unconventional can you speak to your your like your take on on just talking with your talking with new patients about hey this experience is going to be different than your past experiences with um the big hospitals of the world yeah <clears throat> i really like some of the things that you said um, along the way and kind of formulating that question. And I just want to go back and touch on a few of them. Um, so one thing that you, you had mentioned is kind of that cold transactional, you know, care that people are used to experiencing if, you know, they go to a major hospital system or a conventional clinic. And I think the biggest issue that I see there is, you know, we're not practicing medicine anymore. We're not you know, getting to know that person, building that rapport as, you know, doctors used to when they used to make house calls and, and get in a very personal space with their patients where, you know, they, they knew mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, or, you know, all the, the family members and got a really good sense of what's their social economical status, what's their food source, what's their housing like, what's their stress like. And, you know, as that shifted and it became a little bit more of, you know, what we would consider more production medicine eventually led to fear-based medicine. So that all these islands or all these specialties of medical doctors or DOs is, is going back to what you're saying of staying in their lane, right? Like if you don't stay in your lane, if you don't just practice gastroenterology or whatever, that if you step outside that bounds, well, there might be some, some big repercussions from that in terms of a malpractice suit, or you might lose your license or your job, or even a financial penalty for your salary, right? And so, you know, they're not driving their own schedule, right? So there's a larger corporation that's seeing it as a money-making machine, right? You need to see X amount of people per day, or you might not make this amount of money and we might charge you or take away some of your salary if you don't meet this quota, right? And so these poor doctors who went into medicine to actually help people are being burned out or they're developing compassion fatigue, right? Because they have the good intentions that they wanna help the person in front of them and they wanna ask them more questions but they're stuck in a system where they have all this debt, they need to make an X amount of money, they need to see X amount of people, and nobody's changing that system yet. And so when the person comes to see them, it, it feels very cold, right? It feels like 
this person doesn't care about me. They just want to give me the quick fix and or that person isn't ready to make those changes. And the person might want to help them to make, oh, you should make these nutritional changes or you should try the supplement, but they, they don't have enough time to go into that with that person. So it feels very awkward or it feels very disconnected to that patient. And so then they start looking for other options. And so kind of bringing it back to when people see me, it is a very different experience. And the first time I meet people and we go through the paperwork that they did, or I ask them a lot of questions, I, I, I start out by saying, as a naturopathic doctor, I want to get to know you in all areas of your life and the time that we have together. And so I might ask you a lot of different questions that might not seem relevant to your IBS, but to me with my training, it gives me that full puzzle piece or all those puzzle pieces together to get that full picture of understanding how did you get here? And what are some steps that we need to do to remove some of those factors to allow your body to start to heal itself? So, you know, it's not me that's healing your body. It's you that's healing your body. And I'm just giving you those tools and I'm giving you that encouragement. I'm leading us right down the right path to what makes sense to me with my knowledge on how we need to manipulate things to get you well again. And so oftentimes if I explain that to people, they're like, okay, yeah, great. And, and, you know, we usually dive into a lot of different questions and we, I get a lot of information, but there are those some subsection of people where they don't feel comfortable with that, where they didn't expect that, or they didn't know that coming in because there isn't a lot of education on what naturopathic medicine is or what real healthcare looks like or what real medicine looks like. And I don't mean like real medicine as that, you know, conventional is not real medicine. I think it's all medicine, right? It's not unconventional or conventional. It's just medicine. And so when I do get those patients that aren't used to that and they just want that quick fix, that relationship never works. There's a lot of friction there on why do you want to know that? Like, I feel like I'm being interrogated or you I don't want to share that or, you know, a lot of resistance or anger or frustration towards me. And that's just because they, they're not used to that, or they're not in that right place yet to make some of those deep changes. And eventually, you know, like I've told you in the past that, you know, those are still valuable interactions because eventually, you know, they'll be ready and they'll remember that interaction and they'll go see another naturopathic doctor because they'll be like, oh yeah, there's that person. And I think they can help me now. Right. And, and very probably similar to your clients that you might interact some of that friction, but you know, in two or three, four years, that person might come back to you because you actually showed that you cared about them. You were going to invest in them and that's meaningful to people. And that's, that's uh, like a hundred percent. That's what I, one of the questions I had written down is, uh, is who isn't like who, who shouldn't come see you and not, and not, uh, not like, not in a bad way. Uh, I, I find it all the time too. It's, it's a person like for my movement practice, right? If you like love the grind and you're in like hustle culture and, um, and just in like, like pain is, or pain is weakness, leaving your body. That's not my, like coming to see me, our relationship will be like, we won't work together with that mentality. That doesn't mean it's not a valuable interaction. Just like you had said, uh, if someone comes to you and they're like, I just want a quick fix. 
they come see you, you have a, um, you know, a, just a, a natural intake uh, consultation and it's just like not a good fit, not the right time. Um, and you, you don't choose to work together. That's still incredibly valuable because that awareness is there. Oftentimes, uh, like I found it just in, in my, like in my professional life as a soldier, I ran out of options for myself and that like started a huge crisis, you know, that the, the idea that I didn't have any other options and to, and I never, like, I've never had a problem with, with my health to an extent where I felt like I was out of options, but I can imagine that the panic and the, the, just like the discomfort of feeling out of options for, for my profession. Uh, I can't imagine ha like how much worse it would feel for me if I felt like I didn't have any options and I was really struggling with a health crisis. Um, so I, I do like, I, I can absolutely see how just having that, like, just having the awareness that your practice exists gives people without like gives people one more, one more place, like one more place to look and having that like one more option that's that they can turn to. And, and like you said, if, if it's not you and they see another naturopathic practice, like maybe, maybe that's them, right. Cause you're not, obviously nobody is the right fit for everybody. Yeah. Um, but, but at least like having that interaction where someone in that, someone in that naturopathic medicine field gave a damn about listening to them <laughs> and, and really asking like good questions that that sticks with people when 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 we feel seen and feel heard it if it it can be very off-putting you know it, it can I've seen it like I've seen it at a when I was a CrossFit coach we would see and hear people in in classes in meetings and it would be like it's so uncommon that some people would just panic and, and leave because it, it's so it's like so uncomfortable because it's so uh, uncommon. So um, I can see how I guess I, I can see the value in even talking to people who like aren't aren't your ideal clients and and to really understand that you're not going to fit, you know, you're not the perfect fit for everybody. Yeah. And I always try to tell people that too, on, you know, if I don't feel like we're a good fit, then I have so many great colleagues in the area that I can say, Hey, check out this person. I think you would really work well with them. I, you know, kind of given your guys's history and, and kind of the type of people that they like to see, they can really help you. I'm not, you know, I'm not one where I think I can fit that, that, you know, mold for everyone or help everyone. I, I think in some degree I can help people and helping people could be directing them to the right person, you know, kind of going back to your question on, well, who isn't ideal for me or who shouldn't come see me? And, you know, I, I think everybody should come see me, but in, in terms of kind of general generality of, the, the people that are the hardest for me to see are the people that aren't willing to explore the why. So during our first appointment, I really want to know why do you want to make these changes? You know, a lot of people, they're like, well, I want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? 
Well, because I think it would make me healthier. Well, how do you, how do you see losing weight, changing your health? And, and sometimes those questions, especially if you have fatigue or pain, those are hard questions to try to, to work through, to figure out that why. And so it's not that if you're not willing to do that, that I don't want to see you, but just coming with that expectation and being ready to, to make active change is what's going to make that relationship really good. Um, and as long as somebody is willing, it will eventually work. Right. And, and, you know, one visit is never enough with a naturopathic doctor, you know, I'm building a relationship with you. So, you know, at least a year of care is going to get us very far in your health. And it's going to build such a good relationship with getting to know yourself and your body and, and, and understanding those boundaries of that a lot of people cross with, you know, overworking or too much stimulation from caffeine the downers of alcohol or tobacco or X, Y, and Z of too much TV or junk food. And so we're working on a lot of different areas. And so if somebody expects that, okay, one visit or two visits, I'm going to get what I need out of that. That's not going to be an ideal relationship for me. And I guess, is it also true that the amount of energy and the amount of, um, like the frequency of visits and, and um, like the frequency and intensity of, of how you start your relationship uh, is going to most likely um, go down. So, so for example, um, you see someone, they're in some condition or crisis, are they going to be seeing you as often a year from a year from, from when they start as they were, when they first started, they had a lot of symptoms you're really trying to, to get the whys and the hows and the who's, um, th- does that eventually kind of taper off and you get into more of a maintenance mode? Is that, is that the kind of the crux of your practice or are you look or, or cause my fear, cause I hear it all the time with people that are, that are working with me is it is a very, um, like I, I have a very, uh, I see people more frequently. It, it's a big upfront um, energy cost, whether that's time, resources, um, just money. And then at, like, after we, we get to a point where we're just, we're in maintenance mode. So that's where we see each other maybe once a month instead of working together three times a week, because you, you've, we've done the discovery. We figured out what's happening. We're, we're finding, uh, effective programming and it, the cost of the ongoing cost of maintenance is significantly less than that initial discovery. Let's figure out what's happening. Let's address the, the, the low hanging fruit. Um, is that similar in your practice? Yeah, I would say kind of on average, what I've, you know, I like numbers. I like data. So kind of just tracking to see, well, what is it, what does it boil down to in terms of numbers for people? And so somebody who ha- doesn't have a whole lot of symptoms or, you know, they might have, you know, two or three different complaints or we might be working on their hormones or, you know, fertility. We might see, I might see them four times a year on the low end. Somebody who's really sick and needs a lot of support, I might see them 12 times a year. So kind of that range of four to 12. And then after that year mark, I tend to see that I, I see people one to four times a year. Um, so depending on, you know, that one, they might be in really good health. They're doing really well. They're keeping up on their plan. They don't have a whole lot of concerns. 
And that four times a year is somebody who, you know, hasn't quite yet hit their goal, but they're doing well enough that I don't need to see them frequently, that they're getting to understand that their own body, they're getting to understand that, okay, when things start to get out of balance, I have a tool for that. And that gets me back on track where I need to go. And, and so it's, I mean, it's not a cookie cutter type of medicine, but at least it gives people that framework and expectation of, cause a lot of that fear of what you're saying is, is the fear of the unknown, right? That, okay, there is this big upfront cost and how long will that last, right? Is, is this going to be a $5,000 investment, 40 hours a year? Is this going to be X, Y, or Z? And, and we do that with everything, right? We, we analyze like, okay, if I buy this or that, okay, this is less, costly, but it might break down in, you know, three months or six months. And so, okay, maybe the more cost, the one that costs me more is going to be the better value, right? That's just human nature of, we got to evaluate those options. Um, did that answer your question a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that's uh, it. And it also speaks to, it sounds like what, what you do and what I also try to do, it's providing education and tools that people can use for themselves and not wanting to be a guru, right? Like, yeah. you, like if I had all the answers as a movement coach all the time, that's not like, that's not ideal for me because then I can never, like my clients can never feel that self-reliance and like self-efficacy that I want them to feel that they can fix their own problems. They have tools like, and, and it sounds like that's the same thing working with you they get a level of education and the why behind the tactics that you're using the the why behind uh how they like what makes them feel the way that they feel and then they can kind of self self assess and like self like course correct for themselves uh, in certain instances and then when something is like new like a new symptom a new whatever then they at least they have someone they can go back and, and like go back to, but any of the, um, the things that, uh, that, that have been, uh, remedied along the way, they had, like, they have those in their head. It's, it's not this, like, I got to go back to Theresa all the time for everything. It's, it's no, I, I understand. Like, I felt like this three months ago and we did this. Oh, I've just, I'm out of practice. I got to go back to that practice and they can really just self-correct without without uh, additional like additional time for you in addition and like it gives them a lot of confidence that like oh wow why can that's a problem that I can fix myself I'm all good to go yeah and I think that's that's really powerful on the type of medicine that we do um and especially for you on you know I've seen some of your tools and on your videos that you post or conversations that we've had and and that's empowering to patients they're not used to that type of medicine that oh, I can do this. I have the resources. And if I forgot how to do that, I have a reference. I have a person that I can go back to. Like my, my goal in life is, is not to, you know, get the most money out of every person that I see. I, I really care about the people that I, I see and I want to empower them to take charge of their own health. And I get a huge amount of satisfaction to some of my long-term patients that have finally reached that destination of where they're at that place where exactly what you said that, oh, I felt like this three months ago and this is what we did. 
I'm going to go back to do the, doing that and see if that changes things. And if it doesn't change that, then I'm going to go back to Dr. Theresa and we're going to see what's going on with my body. And that's so rewarding to me to hear my patient say that because they're connecting with their body, which when I see a lot of people, there's a lot of disconnect on how they feel and why they're feeling that and getting them to recognize that is that healing journey. And, and I, I wish that for every patient and I'm sure you do too on that. You know, you're, you're not crippling them by not giving them the information to help themselves, right? To you, you're not withholding anything to prevent them from getting well so that they continue to need you, right? It's, it's that we give you what we have because we really care about you and we want you to become self-sufficient and use us when you need us, right? It, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely the, I want to have like all my clients, I want to be a part of their lives forever, but I don't want to work with them forever. You know, yeah. I, it's, it's definitely that. And, and I, I want to touch on how, how do you embody the, the core values of your practice? Because you talked about, um, nobody goes into medicine so that they can like see patients for 15 minutes at a, at a clip and, um, satisfy the big business of healthcare. So there's a lot of doctors that are burnt out. There's, there's just a lot of people that are burnt out. There's just a lot of people in, in medicine in healthcare that aren't practicing what they went to school for because of a number, a whole host of different reasons. And what I've found that when I'm out of alignment with just me personally, with my practices, cause there's a lot of, there is a lot of personal trainers and, and coaches who are out of shape, not healthy, stressed, not eating well, um, and they're almost like they're setting themselves on fire to keep other people warm. How are you embodying that, um, like the practices that, that are super core to your, um, to your medical practice that are keeping you healthy, that are like, if you're not doing X, Y, Z, um, like you're out of alignment and then you're not the best practitioner for your patients. Uh, what, what kind of things do you do in your day-to-day -day life that, that really integrates into, um, like walking the walk? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I really like that. I, you know, I don't think a lot of people take, especially as healers or especially as doctors or, you know, wellness industry and, and some, some people do. Um, but I think it's a lot easier to help others versus helping yourself. And, and so for me, I, I really value self-care. It's, it's a big part of my week. And if I, if I don't get that, then my emotion for when I'm out of balance is bitter. Um, so I, I get angry, I get irritable, I get bitter. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not my best self. I'm not putting on my, my best face or whatever you want to call it. And, and so for me, I, I have a, a ritual. So, <laughs> um, the first thing is, is that I always approach everything with abundance, um, just cause it is really easy in our world with all the information that we get to be in a scarcity mindset that there's not enough time. There's not enough money. There's not enough people that want what you have to offer. And it's, it's really giving in and, and going into that process of 
that there's a lot of opportunities in the world, that there's a lot of people that need what you have to offer and that money comes and goes. Money is this magical thing that we just created that we turned our society to drive to, right? And, and so with some of that burnout, it's practicing, and just like I said, that fear or that scarcity mindset that, okay, if you don't see all these people, then we don't get all this money, right? And, and we're in a hustle culture, just like you said, on all of these practitioners on what you see on social media, you know, business coaching, X, Y, book, podcast, whatever. It's that you need to hustle. You need to, to work 80 hours a week or you're failing, right? Somebody else is going to take your business from you. And so for me, it's, it's, it's getting into that discomfort of that. I don't need to follow that norm. So kind of breaking that mold or, or, you know, stepping outside of that on, or that conventional system of business. Right. And, and then the other thing is, is I, I need to move my body every day. I need at least nine hours of sleep a night, um, which I have two kids, which is always an up and down fluctuation, but I, I try my best on, you know, I try to get to bed as early as I can. I try to not wake up at a crazy hour and, and just give my, myself that rest. Um, I, you know, follow mostly a plant-based diet or a whole foods diet. Um, I'm pretty strict about that. I, you know, in terms of cost, I never, you know, skimp on my food budget because I, I love good quality food. I, maybe I've spoiled myself and I hate that. I just said that I spoil my, (laughs) spoil myself because it shouldn't be spoiling. It should just be part of everybody's life, but I, I can't go back to, to, you know, the way that we're taught to eat. Um, and so with those things, um, that keeps me pretty balanced. Um, but then I, you know, I also do my own functional testing on myself. You know, I, and I don't just treat myself, you know, I, I go to acupuncture, I get massage, I, you know, go to chiropractic care. I, I think it's a whole approach in terms of, I need to be well, or I can't help other people. And, and that's my purpose in life outside of being a mom and being an entrepreneur that I'm on this planet to be a doctor and I'm, I'm here to help people. And I, I think I have a real gift in the sense that there's so many people suffering and I can help them get away from that, you know, and, and not just me on my own in terms of carrying that burden, but, you know, walking with them to, to get out of that hole. That's the one thing. I mean, that's the one thing that I, I think has drawn us together um, because we just have that, like that abundance approach. And uh, I think it, it's like this new buzzword. North Dakota is always like five, six years behind everybody else. <laughs> but like having that, like having that, like, yeah, there's plenty, like there, there's plenty of, of people that I am uniquely qualified to help. And there, and I'm going to see a lot more people than that, you know? So having, having that mindset of like, I want to talk to everybody. I want to talk to anybody who's interested in talking to me. I might not work directly with any, with everybody that talks to me, but I love to be able to sit down with somebody and really get to know them and refer them to a performance coach, refer them to a massage therapist, refer them to a physio 
or, 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 or to your practice. Like I haven't, I haven't had anybody yet that I have been able to refer to you, but like, I'm super stoked to be able to, to do that. The, um, there's like a nutrition coach that I, that I'm familiar with that I like know, like, and trust. And to be able to like, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good to refer to somebody else because then, um, like selfishly, it adds to my credibility because then people that I don't even work with are going to tell their friends, like, well, I talked to Sarah and like, she was super honest. Like I wasn't a good fit, but like she sent me to this uh, naturopathic doctor and like we worked together for three months. Like, I don't feel that low energy. Like I I look at, uh, I look at low energy, like for people that, that I'm going to see or like weight loss, whatever. I'm not, I'm not uniquely fit for if somebody says, Hey, I want to lose 20 pounds. And we get, we get like, we walk the dog into, I have low energy. I'm just, I'm not like, there's something missing. And, and I don't feel like movement or pain is, is the thing, you know, it like, so I'm not, I'm not super interested in, in working with that person directly, but man, I think you should go see Theresa. She's going to run you through some tests and, and maybe nail down the answer of why your, why your energy is low and then give you tools. And like working with her long-term may not be the approach, but she's going to give you somebody that's going to get you closer to, to that end goal. And, and it's just, it's, it's hand delivering. It's just, I love the idea of like in this life, we're all just walking each other home and to be able to do that and like hand deliver someone who trusted me with uh, a vulnerable topic and to, for me to be able to like either work with them and help them reach that result or to hand deliver them to somebody that I believe is going to, is going to be a better fit than me. That's a thousand percent what I'm striving for just in my practice in, in general. And, and, and having this big, like it, it's kind of like we're, we're in network, but we're building our own network. Like we're all yeah. in network. Uh, I'm an in network practitioner, but it's, it's for, you know, like nine, four coaching, that's my network or whatever. And then you have your, your own network, um, with, with your practice. So it's, that's, that's the one thing that, um, that I'm super stoked about. And, and I'm super stoked about being able to develop, um, being able to, to like, to evolve and develop our relationship, you know, like, uh, I think this is super valuable for, for our audience. Um, and, and I want to know more about, so you have like this, I, I think of like a craftsman toolbox of like stackable toolboxes with the nice, whatever, uh, wheel bearing drawers and you got wrenches and you got, you know, you just, you have a lot of tools and I think it would be yeah. valuable to even take time to like cut smaller episodes of tips and tricks right so um not quick fixes but have you considered this i'm sure there's a laundry list of things that people could do for free on their own that's like the lowest hanging fruit so like for example um somebody that's interested in potentially working with me but they're like not sure i tell them to make their bed at like 30 days make your bed every day go for a walk around your block um, and, and go outside for five minutes. That's it. Just do those three things. Um, are there, 
things that that you like you do you have a list of like three to five things that you would recommend just everybody do or try yeah let me let me go let me take a step back because you said some really beautiful things that I and I want to touch on that and and in terms of what you said really hit me in the heart of kind of society and some of that that mending that needs to happen of what you said of that we're all just walking each other home right and that's a very powerful statement I'm just sitting with that on most people don't get that connection right or that person caring about them enough to to want to get them to that that end result and I think your your clients they're in great hands on on the fact that you see life through that lens of that you're there to to walk with them or you're there to to bring them to that destination and and that's what gives me that really big sense of peace on sending people your way too because I'm I'm not in that I have training and I have tools in that but that's not my that's not where my practice has evolved in terms of helping people when they have that chronic pain or they have that inner injury that prevents them from you know having a big part of their self-care, which might be movement or exercise or, or they don't know where to start and they, they feel like garbage and, and having you in our community. And the fact that you take people outside is such a harmonious relationship for me. And I, I'm so grateful that I've met you and, and just even speaking with you and getting to know you over the, the last few months, I, I'm excited about this as well. Uh, I, I, in terms of kind of quick things that I, I, I like to tell people about, um, in terms of easy things that you know they can do is, the first thing is around eating. Um, so sitting down, putting away your phone or that TV, and actually chewing your food and enjoying your food. Um, it used to be uh, almost like a, a ritual or a very pleasant experience to eat. And in our society, we, we rush through eating. We might eat in the car. We eat standing up. We eat during a meeting. Um, and we're trying to maximize that time when we really should just be focusing on eating just because our digestive tract works in a certain way that if we're distracted or stressed or moving, our body's not in that digest mode. And so we might be going through the motions of eating, but we're really wasting a lot of those nutrients. So chewing well, sitting down, undistracted, and really thinking about how your food tastes. The other tips are, I, I really like to promote um, that connection. So whether it be with a friend or a sister or a mom or a dad or a husband or significant other child is, is giving that 20 second hug a day. Um, so there's a lot of research around 20 seconds is that point where our nervous system gives that <sighs> release, right? It releases that oxytocin, that dopamine, it makes you feel good. And it builds a stronger relationship with the people you care the most about, right? We're not on this planet to head down, make the most money, get the most likes, you know, have the best things it's really the people around us, right? Like we don't have kids or have family or, you know, for no reason, right? We, or friends, right? So we want to actually build those, that community, build those relationships. And then the third thing is very similar to you is just getting outside, 
right? Getting some sunshine on your eyes, getting some, you know, warmth on your skin or that cool breeze. And, and, you know, even if you're non-mobile and you're not walking around, even if you're just sitting outside on your deck or your porch or on the sidewalk for five, 10, you know, I usually say 15 minutes, um, you're, you're going to be getting benefit from that. Um, I, I really like the, the quote and I, I can't remember right now who said it, but I want to say it was Thomas Edison or Albert Einstein of letting the light in. Um, so he had this ritual of always opening up the curtains um, and letting all the light into his house during the day. And to me, that was a very powerful thing of a lot of us never open our curtains or our blinds. And there's a lot of fear sometimes around that of people are seeing into my private space or my home or fear of our neighbors or neighborhood. But just letting the light into your house um, can make a big difference in terms of sleep and mood and hormones. I love that. Uh, and I, and, and those are things that like, those are things that I would love to go forward, like unpack, uh, especially the, so the 22nd hug, I am, I spent tw like 20 years in military and there, like, I would, I remember being on deployments and, and like not having physical contact with anybody else. And because it's, it's a very professional, it's very like, there, there's this like military discipline or like, um, military bearing that's like drilled into us. And, and I'm like the way that I like one of my love languages is physical contact, physical touch. And to not have that at all, to be surrounded, literally surrounded with people who we're for the most part uh, relying on for survival, just in general. I mean, nothing like crazy, but, and to not be able to have any physical contact, any physical touch, like that is, that's really kind of like, um, that, that's, that's really this hard uh, dichotomy that, you know, you're surrounded by the people that are, that mean a, an incredible amount to you and you can't touch them for the most part. I mean, you know, yeah. it, like hugging in the military is not something that's super normalized. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I'm excited to, um, to, to cut some future episodes where we really start to unpack just like the idea of becoming more human, you know, and becoming less robotic and becoming like less producers and more being right. Less doing and more being. So um, yeah. But I, I want to be super respectful um, of our time. And I am so, I'm so excited about what the future brings, um, the evolution, just our relationship, the evolution. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it is, it's like this growing thing, you know, you kind of, when the flowers bloom and, um, and it like to, to see, you know, the full life cycle of, of something like this it's it's uh rarely like rarely does anybody ever um except in like stepbrothers we're like did we just become best friends <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> my one of my favorite memories is i made a stepbrothers joke in a visit and it was a risk and then the person quoted the rest of it back to me and i was like yes yep. like we are meant to work together <laughs> like you understand me i understand you and and I totally agree. I, I love kind of what we, what we got through today and I'm excited for everyone to listen to it and I'm excited for more to come. Cool. Um, yeah. is there anything that, uh, between now and the next, um, the next, uh, episode that you want to 
talk about, um, I know your office in Fargo is going to be opening very soon. So if you want to touch on that, how do people like connect with you just based off of this, uh, off of this episode? Um, I'd love for you to, to be able to, to tell them all. Yeah. So, you know, I'm assuming we'll, we'll link some stuff to my, my bio, um, with posting this. So, you know, you can, um, go to fargonaturopathic.com or you can like us on, you know, social media, um, to Fargo Naturopathic, and you can send me a direct message. Um, you can book online or you can send a contact form and, and we'll get things sorted out in terms of if you have more questions about what we do, if we can help you and, and booking the, those appointments. So we do also have a, an office in Grand Forks too. So we're, we're serving kind of the, the larger area of the Red River Valley. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who have, you know, they're in a healthcare desert, right? There's not a lot of practitioners for them. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to fill some of that, that void there and eventually hopefully hiring more people so that we can, we can really help, help everyone. Awesome. Well, cool. Um, well, uh, everybody, uh, this is the first, uh, and it will not be the last of, uh, when Therese and I sit and chat about things. Um, if there's any topic that you want us to, to prioritize, please, um, send a, a message to uh, nine four coaching uh, all spelled out on Instagram. Uh, DM is, is the easiest way to get to us. Um, we're going to put some links in the show notes and all that. And um, we're, we're here, we're here for you. We're here to uh, deliver some value. So thanks again right. for, for, for coming in and uh, yeah, we'll thanks, Sarah. yeah, thanks. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye.